Uh, hey everyone, it's Russ, and welcome to this episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Lee Redding. Um, Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and about yourself personally? Okay, thank you, Russ. My name is Lee Redding, and I started an independent insurance brokerage called Redding Private Client, focused on helping high net worth families protect their assets. Insurance can be a very confusing um, industry for a lot of people. So basically, we offer concierge level service and we hold our client's hand to make sure that they get the coverage that they need at a competitive price um, to make sure that their, their assets are protected. And, and Lee, when you say that you serve high net worth families, can you, in your mind, can you define what high net worth means to, to you? Is that, a, is that based on income or assets or both? Well, the way we look at it, we're really focused on families that have a home a million dollars or higher. That's our starting point because a lot of times, you know, where you're working with people based on their investable assets, we're working with people based on their insurable assets. And families that have a home of at least a million dollars typically have needs that the average family may not have. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. So I think most people have at least a general understanding of the type of insurance that you're talking about when it comes to, um, you know, property, casualty, home, auto, things like that, um, even in the high net worth space. But just to simplify things, let's say, a, let's say a five-year-old approached you and said, Lee, can you explain to me what it is you do? How would you explain your work to a five-year-old? Okay. So I always set up a caller meeting with my clients first so I can get to know them. I like to find out um, what type of exposure they have. Homes, that includes vehicles, watercraft, rental homes, lake homes, beach homes, things like that, um, as well as the type of you know passion assets they have. Do they collect art or jewelry? Uh, do they have wine collections? We're seeing a lot of wine collections now, which is a lot of fun, um, but that, that's new. A lot of um, retirees, we are seeing silver collections that they've had over the years. They've gotten from wedding presents years ago to inherited pieces. And before they know it, they've got a lot of um, investment that they didn't realize that they have that needs protection. We're also looking at other exposures that people may not think of. Do they have uh, teenage drivers? Do they have domestic employees? And when we're looking at things like that, are they on nonprofit boards? We're going to look at their excess liability or umbrella coverage to make sure that if they get sued, they've got enough coverage to protect their assets so that the insurance company will pay and it won't come out of their own retirement. Got it. So... To put a kind of to put a bow on that, I mean, it sounds like if if I was thinking in in terms of like a five year old, it seems like it sounds like you help people evaluate and protect their, uh, for lack of a better word, their stuff, um, homes, property, autos, watercrafts, multiple homes, whatever the case may be. Is that is that admittedly oversimplified? But is uh, oversimplified? But is that a fair characterization? And we're protecting both the property itself as well as any liability exposure coming from it. And being an independent broker, which I recommend everybody work with someone independent because it allows me to take your information and shop your coverage with multiple carriers. 
to make sure that we're getting the best coverage for your situation, but also at a competitive price. So often I see someone who's been with the same insurance company for 20 years, and it's a great insurance company, but it was designed for somebody with maybe a $200,000 house and a couple of Hondas. And it was a great one. They got out of college and you know they were in their late 20s, maybe early 30s. But as they make money, as they acquire assets and the value of their home grows, they may outgrow that first company and may need to move to a different level company. So there's a lot of great insurance options, but they all have different niches. So your insurance should evolve as your life evolves. And that's what I do is I get to know you and where you are now and place you where you should be. And then as things change, we can move you around. And that's the benefit of an independent agent versus a direct rider that only represents one carrier. Yeah. And I, I would like to, um, I would like to reiterate what Lita said. Um, I think there are tremendous benefits with working with independent brokers versus captive agents. Um, and um, as Lee said, that's not to um, disparage a company or an agent, but um, a broker can basically shop around, find you the best um, coverage and cost combinations. And whether we're talking about insurance or uh, mortgages or even financial advice, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of benefits to uh, dealing with someone that has um, independence and latitude, so they can best serve you and find the best solutions for you, and they're not tied to um, just a single company and what 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 that single company has to offer for, for better or worse. Um, how long, Lee? How long? I, I know you and I've known each other for uh, two or three years now. I think. Um, how long have you been working in your in, in your field and, and doing this kind of work? I got into insurance in two thousand eight. Um, started off in the voluntary benefits and worked my way through commercial and then eventually to personal lines. What I realized is my natural market was personal lines. When people saw me, they didn't think of business insurance. They thought of their homes and cars and so forth. So I realized while I was going after company insurance, um, I was sending a lot of referrals across the hall to my colleague. And I finally realized, you know, I want to be able to work with family and friends and the people that I run into on a daily basis. So that's when I decided to switch over to personal lines. I think that was back in 2010 or 11. And then um, really found a passion for the higher value homes because they're so unique. Every home is very different. And, you know, that kind of directs the rest of the, the account. A lot of times, you know, we would have I'd run into art collections that the agent, former agent had never asked about um, or jewelry that wasn't properly covered. And that's one of the things that I've learned along the way and enjoy doing for clients is educating them on what they have and don't have, what they need and what they don't need. Um, I feel like so many people are worried about being overinsured, but they rarely think about being underinsured. And so that's one of the things that I want to help everyone with is to, to help them know what they have and how can we find something specifically tailored to them? Because insurance is not one size fits all. And, you know, everything should be specifically tailored to each family's um, individual needs. Well, and, and with that in mind, um, I, I, I agree that people need to make sure they have the right amount of amount and type of insurance coverage based on their own situation. But in your experience, Lee, what, what would you say you most often encounter 
that people are uh, either underinsured or don't even have insurance in place. Like I, something comes to mind for me might be like an umbrella liability policy, but um, what, what, what's been your experience as far as uh, finding, finding maybe common gaps in, uh, in coverage, um, either the type of coverage or the amount of coverage in, uh, in working with your clients? Okay. I think what I see most often, especially when I am reviewing coverage from a direct writer, and by direct writer, we mean um, any of the big companies you typically see on TV that are captive, as Russ said. Um, Most homes are underinsured. I forget the statistics, but I would say over 50% of the homes are underinsured. So, An insurance company needs to insure your home for replacement costs, not market value. And quite often, if someone buys a home for $300,000, they insure for $300,000. But due to the square footage, especially with everything that we've, we've seen with COVID right now, the cost of construction have increased dramatically. It may actually cost $450,000 to build that house today. And we're not looking at land value. We're simply looking at the rebuild cost, debris removal, and building that home um, with all new materials. And so it's important when you purchase a new home to have your insurance agent run a replacement cost estimate on your home. And everyone has those tools. But in those tools, we have to have some details about your home, not just the square footage and construction type, but also are your bathrooms and kitchens builder's grade finished? Are they custom or are they designers? That makes a big difference. And a lot of times I'll see agents that just put everything into the replacement cost estimate as builder's grade to come back with a cheap quote. So we need to get away from what all these commercials keep telling us is they can save us a certain amount of money and they can give us the cheapest rate. Insurance is like anything else. You get what you pay for. So it's important that if you're going to pay for something that you know you're getting something in return for it. So I think making sure that your home, you know, typically it's most people's largest asset, make sure it's properly insured, make sure that it is up to date on the replacement cost. If you buy a home for a million dollars and you put a $200,000 renovation to it, maybe you finish the basement or whatever, call your insurance agent, let them know about those renovations so that they can add that to the value of your home. So if something happens, that all of that is covered. And then you're not left with having to come out of pocket an extra two or three hundred thousand dollars. Got it. That's helpful. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a great action item for people listening to this. That if you haven't reviewed your coverage in the last uh, six, twelve, eighteen months, especially given everything that we're dealing with, uh, with COVID and increasing. Um, uh, construction cost and material cost and things like that. Now, now, um, now might be a great time to, to sit down and, and review your coverage and talk to your agent or uh, if, if appropriate, uh, reach out to Lee and I'm sure she'd be happy to have that conversation with you as well. Um, sure. Lee, um, in the work you do, and I think you might've already touched on this um, indirectly, if, if not directly, but what would you say is unique about who you are, the people you serve and, and how you serve them? Like, Earlier, you mentioned that having worked in different areas of the insurance industry, um, people seem to kind of think of you for their personal lines, for their homes and, and, and things like that. So why, why, why do you think that is and, and how, how has that served you to better take care of your clients? 
Um, I think it's because I've always been a believer and you can't be an expert at everything. You need to find what you're good at and then focus on that. I'm, I'm not a generalist in the sense that I'll write anyone's insurance um, because I did find that need long ago in the high net worth market. So we work with families with homes a million and higher. And I would say the majority of our business is coming from wealth advisors, estate planning attorneys, um, CPAs, and realtors. And that's because a lot of these um, professionals want to make sure that their clients' assets are protected so that if they get sued, they're not having to dip into their investments to pay back the lawsuit or to pay back the defense cost. Um, Part of what we do, in addition to providing the product itself, is you know, we hold our client's hand. I take our concierge level um, service very seriously. My clients have my cell number. They know if they need something over the weekend, I will respond to them. Um, and we can hold them. We educate them from the beginning. We stay in touch with them throughout the year as things change. We take care of their children when they graduate college and it's time for them to get their own policies. We have a little starter packet for it for their children, where they get their renter's auto and a million dollar umbrella to get them started on that. And then we hold their hand along the way. So I think that's what makes us unique and that we truly care about our clients. We have relationships with our clients. We don't just write their policies and move on, but we stay in touch throughout the year. Um, And the fun part of that is, you know, we're part of their lives. When you're working with somebody's insurance, you see a lot of, um, personal things going on. And we've been there for our clients' divorces. We've been there for, you know, the sad times when they've lost a spouse or even a child and they have to call us for different reasons. And and we're there for them, you know, as an advisor, but also, you know, as a friend. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons that I, um, I, um, have found you so refreshing. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people in the insurance industry, uh, some of who are, are great and I, and I really like uh, and respect a lot, but um, I, I have always gotten the vibe from you that, you know, there's really a, a sense of caring and personal touch um, and, and frankly, personality when, when I talk to you, which is, uh, which is often refreshing compared to uh, many of the folks that I, I speak to in and around the, uh, the insurance industry. Um, well, thank you. What's uh, Lee? What's a favorite client success story um, that that you've experienced working with folks over the years? That's a hard one. <laughs> um, there's so many good ones. I think one that comes to mind is there was a beautiful historic home that I was working on in Charleston. A family had bought this historic home. And it, it had exposed brick on the interior. It was three or four stories. It was just absolutely breathtaking. And they were not from the area. So when they moved, they got a quote from a local agent. And that person put them with a demo tech carrier. And what a lot of people don't realize is there are carriers that don't have the financial stability to get an A rating with AMBEST. So they get a demo tech rating, which you pay a fee and, and you get a rating. There's not a whole lot to it like there is to get that rating with AMBEST. They tend to be smaller companies, startup insurance companies, and they're offering typically bare bones coverage at a very cheap rate. So when we reviewed this family's insurance in this home they had put so much money and time and, and effort into, we found that it was underinsured by a million dollars. 
And being on the coast, the likelihood of something happening to that house is really high because you're you're not just dealing with the typical fires and water damage, but also the possibility of hurricanes. And so we were able to find a carrier that had a high AMBEST rating that was a solid carrier to provide that additional million dollars in coverage. We adjusted their deductibles because they could afford to take on a little bit of extra self-insurance. And so basically, we just rearranged how they were spending their insurance dollars. They took an extra 10000 on the front end to increase their deductible, but they got an additional million dollars on the back end um, to protect their home. And the price came out in the ballpark of what they were paying for bare bones coverage with a million dollars less than what they actually needed. So that was that was um, very eye-opening to see, you know, that those things happen, that somebody can be underinsured by such a substantial amount. But it was also fun because that was their passion. That was their project together in retirement, um, bringing this beautiful historic home back to life. And we were able to um, make sure that it was properly protected. What a great story. Um, a couple of things you mentioned there that I just want to clarify for our, our listeners. Could you, could you take like, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but could you take just a moment and explain um, who AM Best is uh, and and what it is they actually do. Right. So AM Best is a rating company, and insurance is it's very important in insurance. If you're choosing a company to insure your home, you want to make sure that it's financially stable. And so, if there is a major event, which we've seen when Florida gets hit by a hurricane, we saw Louisiana and Texas a few years ago both get hit in devastating ways. Um, the California wildfires have hurt insurance companies terribly. The losses are in the hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions in some cases. So you want to choose a company that has the financial stability and the reinsurance that if they get hit by a major catastrophic event, that they're not going to go insolvent. And when you go with an insurance company, we only work with companies that have an A rating with AMBEST because they are the standard for financial ratings in the insurance world. Every state has an insolvency fund so that if a company um, does go insolvent, then the state has basically a backup fund where they'll pay to, it depends, two to 300000 for your home. But what I have learned over the years is those claims typically take two years. So you're without a home for two years. And then if your home is over that two or 300000 depending on whatever the state limit is, you're out of pocket that difference in addition to the, the living expenses for the past two years. So you want to make sure that your home is protected by a financially stable company um, so that you don't have to worry if, if a catastrophic event happens, you've got someone that's going to pay your bills. Well, oh, yeah. Thanks for explaining that. I, I, I just always want to make sure that we're defining or explaining, um, you know, terms or jargon that uh, might not be familiar to, to every listener out there. Um, another thing you mentioned too, is this um, talking about the his, historic home in Charleston. Um, where, where are you based, uh, Lee? So I'm based in Atlanta, but I work with clients all over the country and um, it's interesting. COVID has changed the landscape, I think, for everyone. And while most of my clients had a secondary home before, whether it was a lake home or beach home or ski home, 
we were we're now seeing clients buy more homes because if we go into lockdown again or there's another pandemic, families want some place that they can take their loved ones that's safe and they want to get out of their regular house because, you know, you go stir crazy after a while. Everybody's got cabin fever. So I'm seeing a lot of families buy homes in the Carolinas. We're seeing a lot of purchases in Florida. Believe it or not, even after the wildfires, a lot of people um, from the Southeast are buying out in California. And then we're also seeing a lot of homes purchased in Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, and Utah. So it depends if you're a beach person or a mountain person, um, or you're on the East Coast and want to move to the West Coast or vice versa. We're seeing a lot of families just spread out and buy second or third homes. And that opens up um, exposures that they're not used to. You know, if you're if you're from Atlanta, um, you're not used to dealing with um, premium based on wind and hurricane exposure or wildfire exposure. And while we all think of wildfires in California, they've become an issue in Colorado and Montana as well. So, you know, I recommend if you're going to buy a home in a high risk area, go ahead and get quotes during your due diligence period, because um, the first concern could be. They could be two, three, four times higher than what you're expecting. And the other issue is I've had a couple of homes that have come back pretty much uninsurable because of where they are. And all of these insurance companies are really wanting to cut back their exposure more so in wildfire areas than anywhere else. But we are seeing the, the rates in, in Florida just double and triple right now. So that, that's been a big challenge as well. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that could be a uh, that could be an unpleasant surprise, uh, I guess, for for some uh, potential home home buyers that are looking for a a second home or to relocate or um, whichever their situation might uh, might entail. Um, and one other thing, while we're talking about Florida, and and we mentioned direct riders, captive riders earlier, I'll have a lot of clients that will buy in Florida, and for whatever reason, it's not eligible for one of our carriers. If they're with a demo tech carrier, like I mentioned earlier, that we don't feel is financially stable, I do recommend that they go to a state farm um, or a Liberty Mutual because those are both good companies. And if we can't ride it, I would rather them be with a solid captive carrier than a small demo tech carrier. So there, there is a place um, for those, those carriers as well. Um, and, and we try to advise our, our clients on what's best for them. You know, sometimes it's not always best for them to be with us, but if they're in a high risk area and a state farm or a Liberty Mutual is willing to write them, we always recommend they go with them over a demo tech carrier. And, and, um, and thank you for sharing that. Um, first of all, I mean, clearly that exemplifies the fact that you want the client to get the best solution for the client, um, whether, whether you're, you and your company are involved or not. Um, could you explain real quick uh, what demo tech um, means just briefly? Just uh, I'm not I'm not clear, so I'm sure some of our listeners aren't either. Sure. So demo, demo tech is a rating system similar to AM Best, but their um, requirements are not as stringent as AM Best. And so there's really not a lot of, um, there's not a high standard to get a demo tech rating basically. So again, find a company that has an A rating with AM Best, and you know if it's not eligible for the Chubb or AIG or Pures of the world, then I would go with a State Farm or Liberty Mutual in that situation. Got it. 
Awesome. Um, so we've talked a lot about uh, 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 about a success story and about uh, the great work you're doing and helping your clients. What's what's a common misconception about your work that you'd maybe like to address or clarify? Um, that maybe people um, just kind of misunderstand kind of what it is you do or how it is you can help them or improve their situation. I think a common misconception is insurance is all the same. Car insurance is car insurance, home insurance is home insurance, and it's not. Um, the quality of insurance can be so different from one carrier to another, just like the quality in clothing or cars or anything else. You know, you've got your your base version versus your luxury version. And again, you do get what you pay for. There are some solid carriers, solid middle market carriers that I highly recommend. Um, they've got good ratings, good claim service, solid coverage. And then the same with the high-end carriers. Um, so I think the misconception is it's all the same, but it's really not. When you're looking to shop your insurance, you want a competitive rate. Nobody likes paying for insurance. I don't like paying for insurance. It's not fun. But if you do have a major claim, you need the insurance to come to your rescue. And so while focus on not a cheap quote, but focus on a competitive quote, um, just like anything else, you probably don't want the most expensive. You probably don't want the cheapest, but you do want a good value for your money. And it's important to, to research um, claim service. I think that's probably the most important thing after financial stability. You want a company that is going to, if you have a claim, they're going to go into your contract and they're going to look for coverage versus looking for exclusions. There's, you know, a lot of gray area in insurance contracts. And so you want a carrier that has adjusters that are going to try to find coverage for you and not try to find exclusions. And, you know, I have to be careful of who I say, find, always look for exclusions versus who looks for coverage, but we only work with clients or with carriers that are looking for coverage. And that is another benefit of whether you go with a middle market agent or a high net worth agent, having that independent agent allows them to be more neutral in the process. They're going to be able to shop you with multiple carriers and then make recommendations. They may have three options in the ballpark and they can explain the difference between the claim service. They can explain the differences between the bells and whistles because some of the bells and whistles in one policy may not really benefit you, but others might. And so it's good to have somebody that's going to work for you and not work for the insurance company itself. Yeah, um, and, and speaking of not liking to pay for insurance, one thing we do try to give back to our clients because we do encourage high deductibles because we want to use the insurance as a catastrophic policy, not as a maintenance policy, is we try to give back in ways that um, are fun. We offer a lot of special events as well as webinars, you know, since we've been dealing with COVID lately on things like fine art, on jewelry, on wine. You know, we may do wine tastings for clients that we know are passionate about wine. So we do try to give back and give our clients something a little extra and something unique for the money that they spend with us year over year. Got it. And that's good to know. And, and um, it, uh, before we wrap up our conversation today, we'll, we'll be sure to share how you can get in touch with Lee. If, if anyone has an interest in reaching out and talking to her about their personal coverage or just learning more. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that Lee. Um, I know like, Earlier, when you told the story about the historic home in Charleston and how you helped them increase their coverage by quite a lot, 
um, and, and didn't really change their um, out-of-pocket premiums a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. uh, clearly, clearly that was a great fit and they took your advice and seemed happy to do so. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing sometimes uh, occasionally and hopefully not, not often, but occasionally you're referred to or introduced to someone and you explain to them what you do and how you can help, but they may elect to go a different direction. What, um, in the, in the event that happens, what, what would you say prevents people from following <clears throat> your, uh, your advice? Um, you know, I, I'm lucky in the sense most of most of the clients I work with are coming from trusted advisors. So, you know, there's typically some trust there built already. I think if there's a something that prevents them from taking my advice, you know, they may be very, you know, price sensitive where we might be a little more, but we're offering a lot more coverage. But, you know, they just feel strongly about they don't need the extra coverage or they'll use the extended replacement cost if they have to. Um, you know, luckily I don't run into that a lot because I, when I present to someone and I'm coming in, if I'm coming in $2,000 higher on a $30,000 account, that's not a big deal. If I'm coming in $2,000 higher on a $10,000 account, that's a much bigger deal. So if I'm working with somebody and I feel like it's really a toss up as to whether they move with me or stay with State Farm, for example, I will go ahead and let them know these are my recommendations, whether you move forward with me or whether you stay with State Farm, because I truly believe in being properly insured. And if you can get the right insurance, less expensive at another company, then so be it. You know, if, if that company can provide what you need, then that's fine. I would say the majority of the people that switch over to me do end up paying a little more, but they're getting a lot more coverage. But I guess I always approach it in, these are my recommendations, whether you come with me or stay where you are. Or if I feel like there are times where I can offer coverage to someone, say they're right at that million dollar threshold, but I'm, I'm not sure that it's worth the extra money they would have to pay. They might be able to get the same coverage from a high-end middle market carrier for a lot less. Then I'll let them know, hey... I can offer this to you, but I really think you should call this person. And I've got a lot of friendly competitors in that middle market um, arena and specifically ask them to quote you with these two carriers, because I think you'll get all the bells and whistles you need, but probably for a, a more reasonable price. So again, I'm here to advise the clients more so than try to make them fit in my box. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a helpful and a thoughtful explanation of the fact that like you've already shared with us multiple times in our conversation, that you're really out to serve the right people the right way. Um, and, and hopefully uh, in, in a lot of situations that's, that's you helping them directly, but if that's uh, referring them to uh, another or more um, economical solution, given their situation, it sounds like you're happy to do that, which I think is fantastic. And I, I, I wish, I wish there were more of that in, professional services uh, these days, frankly. Um, Lee, if let, let's say a, uh, let's say a high school senior or uh, maybe a college <clears throat> student, uh, let's say it's uh, may, maybe the, maybe it's a, a child of, uh, of one of my clients or someone else listening to this. Um, if they said, wow, I really like what Lee's describing and the work she does and the fact that she really gets to build relation long, you know, long-term relationships with her clients and they're interested in maybe getting into your field and doing what you do. Um, 
what advice or guidance would you give to, to someone like that? Uh, you know, uh, let, let's say uh, someone that's getting ready to graduate high school or, or is in college, for, for example. Um, I think the insurance industry is a fantastic choice for someone starting their career. There are so many different avenues of success and careers in our industry. There's really a place for everyone, regardless of your skills, talents, or goals. Um, insurance is not going away. And so I think the property and casualty space is a very secure space for anyone wanting to build a life and a career. Because even when we saw, when COVID happened, it's about the time I was starting my own company. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I had my best year ever this past year. Because the insurance is always going to be a necessity for everyone, whether you're in the commercial space or the personal line space. So I think having that stability is great. Um, I actually hired someone right out of Georgia this past year to work with me, and he's been fantastic. I had put the job description out in the um, risk management department because that's typically where people come. They, they get risk management degrees to get into insurance. Ended up hiring somebody with a finance degree. And because we work with so many wealth advisors and attorneys, having that financial background um, has helped him understand our clients, where they're coming from and what their goals are. So that's been interesting to watch that someone from a different industry is flourishing in my industry. And it's been a benefit to us as well as to the clients to have somebody with a different perspective. So, you know, I think the job opportunities in insurance are just fantastic. We have a very aging industry. So I think there's a lot of job security for young people coming in. I believe it was a couple of years ago, they said 80% of our industry was going to be at retirement age over the next 10 years. So I think that's a lot of opportunity for young people um, to come in. And there's so many ways you can go. You can do advising, adjusting, claims, um, management. There's just so many different avenues, marketing. So I, I think it's definitely something young people should consider. Well, first of all, um, well, thanks for sharing that. First of all, uh, congratulations on having such a great year, uh, your best yet. That's fantastic, especially in the, especially in the wake of starting your own company. Um, you know, there's always some some risk and uncertainty surrounding that. So that's that's fantastic. I, I couldn't be happier for you. Um, another question I was going to ask, which you you kind of started to address, is you said you uh, originally posted the job description in the risk management department at, uh, it sounds like at UGA, and then you wound up hiring mm -hmm. someone out of, out of the finance department. So um, mm -hmm. are there any specific classes or maybe courses of study that you would recommend to someone that's interested in getting into, uh, into insurance? Um, I can, I can see the appeal of risk management clearly, but is there anything else that you think would help round out someone's, you know, kind of skill set that might make them more uh, more likely to have, find success in uh, in the type of work you do. I think the opportunities are so varied in our industry. You could really probably major in just about anything and and, and find that useful. Um, what I have learned from this experience and moving forward is I will probably, when looking at college graduates, focus on financial versus the, the um, risk management. I think most people that go into risk management are focused on commercial insurance. I, I think rarely are they thinking about personal insurance. Um, I think 
people in the financial majors don't realize insurance is so intertwined with finance and estate planning. And so I think that that's some education that our industry, you know, can learn from and, and educate these young people on careers that they would not have considered before. A lot of people end up in insurance by accident. Very few people actually say, I'm going to be an insurance agent or I'm going to, you know, be an insurance adjuster. It just happens in a roundabout way. And um, the young man that, that came to work for me actually had a job as an analyst with Delta and they rescinded their offers due to COVID. And he got some other offers with big corporations. But after our discussions, he loved the idea of being part of a startup, which is what I love about hiring young people is they have a fresh energy and perspective um, that they bring to the table. And so it's turned into something he never realized was possible. And he would have never gotten into this industry if COVID had not shut down his other options. But it's something that he's really taken to and is making plans for a, a long career um, with us, which I think is interesting because he's able to work with financial advisors and the estate planning attorneys and, and the real estate agents. And so he's using his, his um, education, but in a totally different way than he ever expected. So I just, I think as the economy shifts, I think as um, the job market shifts, you know, if things become a challenge, if your plans go off track a little bit due to the new world that we're living in, consider insurance because it is unique and there's a lot of opportunities that I think most of us would not have known about if we had not fallen into it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take and I um, I appreciate I appreciate your perspective there. Um, just out of curiosity, do you do you see yourself continuing to hire and grow your firm uh, in the future, or are you just kind of taking it a, a day at a time at this point? Um, definitely planning on growing because we work with clients all over the country. I do want to have a presence around. I always want to stay boutique because I take a lot of pride in having that boutique feel, that concierge level service. But my plan is to have an office in New York because we've got a lot of concentration there, an office in South Florida, and then on the West Coast. Because I do think it's important to have a presence near your clients and to have people that can focus on those unique um, exposures around the country. Oh, that's exciting. Do you, is that, is yeah. that like a, is that a, a one to three year plan or is that like more like three to five for plus years or is it going to really just kind of be dictated based on, you know, what's kind of going on in the world and how, how fast you're growing? I think New York is the one to three year plan. I think the other offices are in the five year plan, but what I've learned is to have a plan and then go with the flow because you just, things have always, I've been very lucky. Things have always turned out better than I planned, but I do think you need, you know, a plan to, to follow, but then, you know, I'm willing to evolve as things happen. And I, I hope everyone heard, heard what she just said, um, that there's a lot of value in having a plan, but you also need to be flexible and be willing to adjust. Um, there's a lot of financial planning wisdom in that, uh, in that comment as well. So, um, just, uh, don't, don't lose sight of that. Um, cause I, I think, I think that was very well said. Um, Lee, so so this podcast is all about uh, retirement uh, for women and their families. Um, when you think about the word retirement, um, what comes to mind for you personally? 
freedom. <laughs> I look forward to the day that I get to retire. Um, if I survive raising teenagers and everything else. So, I, you know, I think of it as a beautiful thing. I, I think of it as freedom. I think of it as time to do the things that you haven't had time to do while you were raising a family or building a career um, and, and just dealing with the everyday life. And so, and specifically as a woman, I think, and, and I'm divorced and I'm the breadwinner for my family. Um, so this is dear to my heart and I appreciate you including me and in on this podcast for us. But I think it's very important as women to protect our assets and you do such a good job guiding people on the investments and the retirement aspect of that. And I want to be a resource for people protecting their insurable assets because your house is very important. And when you're in retirement, that is not the time to leave things like that exposed. Um, one of the other gaps in coverage I see often is low auto limits. You know, we're living in a litigious society and everybody asks me, why are auto rates, they keep climbing? And it's because it seems like every fender bender turns into a lawsuit. And so I think it's very important as you look towards retirement and getting all your ducks in a row and making sure your home is properly insured, making sure your auto limits are appropriate, making sure you've got an excess liability or umbrella policy over both of those items in case there's a catastrophic at-fault accident. Um, because that way, once you're in retirement, you can enjoy the freedom and you can have the peace of mind knowing that you've got somebody that has your back for the unexpected. I love that you use the word freedom. Um, that comes up a lot um, when I have conversations around what retirement means to to people. Um, curious, though, like uh, with the idea of freedom, would you say that you're, you're actually already sort of pursuing that idea, having started your own company? And, and uh, cl clearly there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that goes into starting and running and growing and, and having a, a successful um company like you've built. Um, but uh, do you do you get a sense of freedom from kind of uh, having that that additional layer of independence and, and basically being your own boss? Absolutely. I am having so much fun. <laughs> um, it was nice having, you know, the security of the corporate salary and benefits and all of that, but that that will easily be made up very quickly. Um, but I love, you know, I've been on the independent agency side. I've worked for the large national brokerage. So I've seen a little bit of everything. I've been very lucky to work with some amazing people over the years. And so for me, this is my creative outlet. I love what I do. I love my clients and I love helping people. But it also allows me to take the best of everything that I've learned and to package it perfectly for my future clients. And to learn from all the mistakes that I saw, you know, from everything from the small independents to the large national brokerages and make sure that we avoid those mistakes so that we can give the best experience ever. Um, and so I guess I'm not really creative. I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs for generations and this is my creativity. This is where I get to have fun and, and really kind of play with the services and the resources that we can offer um, again, which is why I try to bring the fun into it with wine education events and fine art and jewelry and things like that, because there's no reason we shouldn't have fun with it. There's no reason we shouldn't enjoy with it. Enjoy it. Clients pay a lot of money, you know, to for their insurance. So 
it's the least I can do is to give back in some way and, and give them some type of value they're going to enjoy, even if they don't have a claim. So I, I, I can hear your passion and excitement for what you do, which is just so awesome to hear. Um, but something that kind of um, comes to my mind is like, I, I wonder, and, and, and maybe you haven't thought about this, but I, I wonder if there's maybe um, some, some tension between the fact that retirement to you means freedom, but you're also get some freedom from starting and running your own business. And it sounds like you're having a blast. Do you, do you, can you imagine like retiring in the traditional sense sometime, like either selling or transitioning your business to someone else? Or do you think you'll always do some kind of work, even if it's in a maybe reduced or dialed back capacity at some point down the road? I think I will always um, stay involved. Uh, insurance agents are known to work until they're taken off to the funeral home. It's, it's just the way it is. It's, I've, you know, I've seen, I've worked with some wonderful people who literally worked until the day that they died because insurance is such a, an interesting, um, opportunity where you can build a book of business and get to a point where you're comfortable and then just continue taking care of those clients. And, um, and, and have the assistance with a really great staff so that you can manage that without, you know, being chained to the desk every day. So I do think I will always be involved in, in some capacity. Um, I love what I do. I, I can't see myself selling. You know, I have no interest in selling because I'm, I'm building something that's important and I want it to continue. But I do see myself passing the torch for the day to day. And in fact, the, the young man that works with me now he's just kind of taken it by the horns and he's doing such a great job and he loves being part of a startup and he comes from a family of entrepreneurs. And, you know, I worked for so many people over the years that trained me and taught me and that passed the torch to me in ways. And I'm having a lot of fun doing that as well. So that while we are in the start and building phase, I'm also kind of training the next generation, which is fun because I see a lot of, um, success in the future, not just for myself, but for this younger generation that is discovering a really cool um, career path that they never knew about. And that just, that just ultimately broadens the impact and the number of people that you, you can help, even if it's indirectly through the people that you're bringing along and training and, and kind of passing along your skills and experiences to, which I think is just is fantastic. So uh, that's, I'm excited. I look forward to, you know, are continuing to keep in touch and, and, and maybe having this conversation again in a couple of years and, and maybe hearing about your New York office and expansion and continued growth and things like that. I, I'm, I'm really excited for you, Lee. Um, well, thank you, Russ. I would love that. How, how, how would you say, as we kind of start to wrap up our conversation today, how would you say that your work uh, impacts women um, in their families as they plan for or think about transitioning in retirement? And I think you've already touched on this, but uh, just to kind of put a fine point on it, how, what would you say is the retirement impact of your work for, uh, for women uh, or, or women's families? I think the impact is peace of mind. When you've got good insurance coverage, it's one less thing to worry about so that you can focus on doing the things you've always wanted to do that you've got the time to do now. Um, I, I have a special place in my heart for working with women because when I got divorced years ago, I didn't really have, it was before I was in the insurance industry. Um, I didn't have anybody to explain these things to me and to, to, 
help me understand what I needed, what I didn't need and kind of navigate me. So I love working with women. I love navigating them and what they need. And I've worked with so many that have gone through divorce. I've worked with so many who are winding down their careers and, and going into retirement and to be able to sit down with them and discuss their goals and their plans and to, to tailor what we can do to protect their assets so that they don't have to think about it. They can let us worry about it and they can move on with their lives. You know, that's very rewarding. So I think, again, you know, you're such a great advisor to your clients. They know you, they trust you. And I think it's just as important to find an insurance agent that you know and trust that's going to make sure that you're protected in retirement and to educate you before you take that step. You know, if you're, it's never too late. If you're already retired, you know, meet with your agent, talk to them, ask them questions, have everything reviewed. Um, but if you haven't retired yet, now's the time to start getting everything in place so that you can figure out what your budget's going to be and what changes you may want to make. Um, and, and often in retirement is when people are buying those condos in Florida or, you know, building a house elsewhere. So talk to your insurance agent and find out what will um, help mitigate the premium increases from being on the coast or being in a wildfire area. There's a lot of things you can learn before you make that investment in a condo or a home that if you've got two or three choices, they may all be around the same price point in the market, but insurance could be drastically different. So just use your insurance agent as an advisor um, before you make these financial decisions. I think uh, I think I think your perspective and the way you answered that is one of the reasons why I um, I like you so much. I mean, I, I think uh, you you could have taken the words out of right out of my mouth. I mean, I clearly I it's important for me to serve women um, and to help help them as they deal with transitions into retirement or the next chapter of their lives. And uh, just like I uh, believe of in the importance of financial planning and retirement planning and and preparing your financial assets for um, the rest of your life. Um, you know, clearly you've got a passion around protecting their home and cars and property and insurable assets um, for many of the same reasons. So um, I, I think, I think mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And I'm, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, clearly you're running a growing business. You've got an employee. Now you have plans to probably add more employees. So I, I'm imagining um your time is always at a premium, but um, if you had an hour or two just to yourself, how, how do you most enjoy spending spending time when you've got a little time to yourself? Uh, lately, I have enjoyed reading historical fiction. Um, I love anything based on, on life because I think life is you know more interesting than fiction even. And right now I'm reading Mistress of the Ritz, which is a, an interesting story uh, about the Ritz in Paris, you know, back during the war and how it played a role in the war and the resistance. And I find it so fascinating. And so reading a good book with a good glass of wine is perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So we've uh, gone a little longer um, than I had planned, but I, I feel like you and I can probably talk for another couple of hours and, and time would just fly by. But um if there were one thing, and we've, we've clearly covered a lot, but if there were one thing, Lee, that our listeners could take away from our conversation today, what would you want that one singular thing to be? That could be a, a, an action item or just something to think about, but what, what would you want the one takeaway to be for our listeners? 
There are a lot of good insurance agents out there in both the middle market and high net worth space. So take a look at your insurance documents, pull out your deck pages, read over them, and then reach out to your insurance agent. If you don't have one that, that you work with or you don't have an independent agent, you know, ask a trusted advisor like Russ, you know, who they recommend. But I think it's important to find someone that you can call and that you know is going to give you the best advice for your situation. Um, because you just can't beat having an advisor and someone you can trust and call to make sure that everything's in place. Perfect. That's uh, yeah. That, that's a that's a great way to wrap things up today. Uh, before we before we kind of close things out, Lee, anything anything you want to add or anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to make sure to share with our listeners, including uh, including by the way, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or to learn more or to uh, to get a better understanding of who you are and the work you're doing? Okay. Uh, well, if you want to learn more, you can go to my website at readingprivateclient.com. Or you can reach out to me at 678-895-6138. We also have an email option on our website, and that goes straight to me. So feel free to shoot me an email if you've got any questions or if you're interested in a review. Um, But Russ, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you including me in this. I think it's so important to um, assist women with the important phases of their life. And I think retirement is one of the most important. Yeah, well, I, I, you're preaching to the choir. I, I couldn't agree more. But um, uh, And we'll be sure, by the way, to share all of uh, Lee's uh, contact information, website address, and things like that in the, uh, in the show notes. So uh, be sure to reach out to Lee. She's a wonderful person. And uh, clearly, if you don't know already, based on our conversation today, she's, um, she is uh, truly uh, a helper and wants to help you or uh, other folks like you find the best solution for your situation. So don't hesitate to reach out to, to her. Lee, it's been a absolute pleasure talking to you as, as always. And, uh, and let's definitely, uh, let's definitely, um, let's definitely circle back and uh, have this conversation again in a, uh, in a few months or a couple of years and uh, check back in and see where you're at at that point. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Russ. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again soon. And thanks everyone for listening to uh, this episode of Women's Retirement Radio. We look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. Hey, before you go, it's Russ again with some important disclosure information for you. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor, a certified divorce financial analyst, and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of Wealthcare Capital Management.